gonemobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to Gone Mobile. You probably noticed that we had a little bit of a gap since our last episode, but fear not, we're still here and we have plenty of episodes in store for you all, so definitely stay tuned. And to kick things off right, we're joined tonight by Brian Lagunas. How's it going tonight, Brian? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. So we wanted to put this show together after seeing a lot of chatter recently going around about using the Prism framework in Xamarin Forms apps, and you seemed like a great candidate to come and talk about this stuff. Out of curiosity, is this the same framework that's been around for years on the WPF and Silverlight side, or is this something entirely new? Uh, yes and no. Actually, uh, it is the same concept, Prism from WPF, uh, but it's completely different guidance. So it, it's starting from the ground up to cater to Xamarin Forms development, but it is under the Prism umbrella, and it will carry over a lot of the same concepts that maybe current WPF developers use to write WPF apps. Okay, and then for, for anyone who's not familiar with the framework already, can you can you give kind of the elevator pitch of, of what Prism is in a nutshell? Yeah, well, see, that's an interesting pitch to give because it's kind of evolved over time. Uh, back when Prism first came out, it was actually called the Composite Application Guidance. It's called CAG, right? What a horrible name. <laughs> Catchy. Uh, but, you know, originally Prism was all about building modular composite applications in WPF. We had a release for Silverlight. And basically it was writing very loosely coupled applications using best practices and patterns, uh, design patterns that you should be using anyways. Uh, and then you basically have this one app made up of many pieces that kind of comes together at runtime, okay? And uh, that's kind of where Prism was born in that space. Uh, there were some early attempts when WinRT first came out, Windows 8, uh, the Microsoft Patterns and Practices team, they, they wrote a version, a different, completely different set of guidance for that, uh, then 8.1 came out, and they tried to make some changes for 8.1, and then Universal came out, and then they tried to support phone with that too, but it didn't work out so well, so there's this big hodgepodge of guidance around that. So uh, recently, Microsoft has open-sourced the Prism library, and me, uh, Brian Noyes, and Ariel Benhorish have uh, taken over the project, and uh, the, one of the first things we did when we took it over is we added support for Xamarin Forms. Cool. So what sets it apart from other kinds of application frameworks? Well, that's the thing. A lot of other frameworks you run into are more MVVM frameworks, you know, uh, not so much on the application side. So from the WPF land, it's a true application framework. Uh, it sits way up high. It encompasses everything from logging, dependency injection, uh, you know, event aggregation. It also has MVVM, it has commanding patterns in there, it has all the patterns you'll use in a production system, all the stuff you should know or should be using to build production apps. So what's happened recently is we've tried to take some of those concepts and kind of bring them over to Xamarin Forms. So Xamarin Forms developers, or maybe even developers who have been using WPF and Prism, they say, hey, I want to get into the mobile. Xamarin Forms is XAML. Hey, that's great. I already know XAML. I already know C Sharp. I've been doing WPF forever. Uh, but man, I use Prism. I really wish there was Prism so I can just keep developing the way I've always developed and just jump right in and know what I'm doing. And that's where uh, that's what we're trying to accomplish with Prism for Xamarin Forms. 
Gotcha. And, and if this is a framework that was kind of born out of architecting these large desktop applications, is it not built in a way that's kind of too heavy for mobile apps that need to be a lot more lightweight and might not have the, the computing power of uh, a desktop machine? Yeah, see, that's, that's another topic that's interesting and fun to talk about is Prism always had this, uh, this reputation for being big and bulky and just heavy. But when you ask people, what do you mean? What do you mean by it's big? What do you mean by it's heavy? Do you mean it's just complicated patterns that you don't know and you have to learn? Uh, you know, I mean, do you mean like actual assembly size? I mean, you know, what exactly do you consider big and bulky about it? Because if you actually look at Prism, it's actually quite small. Uh, it just seems big because it solves complex problems in a simple way. And there's a lot of resources out there that might not be the best to look at when you're starting to to use Prism for WPF. Uh, and it can kind of confuse you and make it harder than it really is. And is the code base then, is it the same code behind the scenes if you're using Prism for WPF that you'd be using if you were doing Xamarin Forms as well? Or are these kind of the same concepts and same basic interfaces maybe, but different implementations? Yeah, so right now it's, it's going to be completely different uh, API. So the first thing we did is once Microsoft gave us control of the project, we immediately started tearing it apart. And what I mean <laughs> by that is we moved everything we could into a PCL. Okay. We moved in the logging mechanisms. We moved in event aggregation. Uh, we moved in the MVVM support with view model locator and, uh, you know, the, uh, bindable base classes and commanding and delegate commands and composite commands, all that great functionality we brought into a core PCL. And then we have the platform specific code. And you know that that Xamarin Forms XAML is completely different than WPF XAML. So there's not a lot we could really reuse there. So a lot of this is from scratch, bottom up, but the concepts are the same. You're gonna be using a, a container of some type. Unity is used by default. Uh, you're going to be using commanding, view model locator, event aggregation. So those things are going to be the same. The only thing that's going to really change is how navigation works. Because navigation in WPF is completely different than navigation on a mobile device. So there wasn't anything we could really share there. Uh, but I will say, with the new uh, Universal Windows platform, you can expect Prism 4 Xamarin Forms and Prism for the new UWP to be as close as possible to the same. So you mentioned that Prism comes with things like MVVM and commanding and data binding. Uh, obviously, Xamarin Forms has those as well. Does this mean that you sort of throw out the Xamarin Forms approach to doing those things and use Prism's built-in uh, functionality there? Or how does that fit together? Yeah, you know, the Prism Forms guys, they're doing the best they can, but they just made some decisions that just make me flap myself in the forehead. Uh, for example, the dependency service, the messaging service, all these static classes that you have to call. And have you ever tried to test a static method call in a framework in your view model? It's kind of a pain in the butt, right? Uh, so yes, uh, and I would like to point out that the Prism's view model locator is really cool. It's not like most view model locators you're probably used to. Uh, a very common approach to view model locator is say, hey, I create this class, I call it view model locator. And then for every view model I have in my application, I'm gonna add a static property so I can data bind that in my view, right? So every time you add another view, 
You add another property. Okay, now how do we manage state between these different view models? Oh, well, I just pass stuff to the constructor and the static thing, or I have a static class that maintains all this application-wide state. That's not what we want. That's, that's hard to maintain. It's hard to test. So the way Prism does it is actually it uses a container of your choice. By default right now, we use Unity. Uh, as it gets more mature, we'll add support for other containers. But basically, in order to, to achieve ViewModel Locator with Prism, you just set an attached property in your view called auto wire view model equals true and boom the rest is handled for you it uses convention it will go and find the associated view model so if i had a view model or a view called main page it will automatically know that hey i'm going to go find a view model called main page view model and then my container is going to resolve that you know what that means is that if my container if if my view model also needs a I text to speech service or I person service or I whatever service the container will create that for me as well automatically I don't have to new anything up I don't have to pass anything around it's just done so now my view model is more testable uh, developing for it's a lot easier cool and how um, how pluggable is are the conventions in prism is it something where if, if you wanted to do your own say naming conventions between pages and view models or, or plug in different things like that. Um, are there extension points for that or do you have to kind of adhere to the Prism way of doing things? No, of course, Prism's all about extensibility. Uh, we just try to provide the base functionality and we give the developers much as many extension points as possible. So yeah, if you don't like the base convention of main page and main page view model, uh, you can change that, no problem. And then you mentioned navigation there, which is kind of, that's always a trigger word to me when, when talking about cross-platform uh, cross development in general, because I've always found in, in basically every cross-platform app I've ever done that getting navigation consistent, even just across iOS and Android, is a bit of a nightmare in itself. Like, they all have their own paradigms, they all have their own quirks. So could you kind of, like, walk through the different pieces involved in, in how you would approach navigation from both like an MVVM standpoint in Prism and also just up at the UI layers? Yeah, so as you're probably aware, navigation in Xamarin Forms is a major pain in the butt. I mean, it really is. Uh, each page has its own navigation instance that you have to use. You can't use this global root navigation object, right? You have to use the page-specific navigation instance. And each page navigation instance has its own two different navigation stacks. So it's a real mess, okay? So what Prism does is simplify this. And through the use of ViewModel Locator, there's, uh, we have code in there that basically makes sure that you always have the correct instance of navigation inside your view model. Now inside your view model, you're gonna ask in your constructor for an iNavigation service. That's all you're gonna ask for, and Prism's gonna give you one. And you're going to have really, right now, there's two main method calls. Navigate, and then go back. That's what's there now. So you'll simply ask for that service in your view model. You will say, hey, I'm going to navigate to page. Give it a, there's a key. It's, like, it's based on a key, or you can navigate to a type. Okay, so let's say I have a key called view A. So I'm going to say navigate, type in my string, view A. And then, boom, you go, it's going to load view A, view model locator for that view. It's going to go uh, resolve the view model for that view, hook it up, and everything works perfect. 
So how do you handle things like modal navigation? There is a uh, parameter override, so an optional parameter. So if you're using a navigation page as your route and you just want to navigate within there, you just pass in use modal equals false. And then now you're using uh, the navigation page navigation instead of modal navigation. And kind of to the same effect of, of the, the extensibility model that we were talking before, like as a developer, if I really want to get in there and I want to have, say, different transitions or, diff or really customize the navigation flow, is, is that also part of the, the extensibility model if I really wanted to get in there? Well, all we really do is we piggyback on the Xamarin Forms navigation. So when you call navigate on the navigation service, internally you're calling navigate async or navigate modal async. And there's an optional parameter for the is animated. So if you want to animate that or if you didn't want to animate that, you just pass a Boolean. So yes, everything should work. We're just piggybacking off of the Xamarin's navigation stack. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense then. Um, so I was also kind of curious about the, the other kind of classic example for, for MVVM apps and some of the benefits of them is the you know master detail type things, right? So you maybe on a tablet you want to do master detail visible at the same time side by side. On a phone you want to do them, um, you know, an actual like stacked navigation. Um, is that are there any kind of approaches that you found for for tackling that yet? Well, I haven't. Uh, we haven't started looking at that those scenarios yet. Uh, actually, today I just released the second preview that's available on NuGet. So if they wanted to start playing with it, you know, they could go search for prism.forms and make sure the uh when you're searching you gotta mm -hmm. check for show pre-releases mm -hmm. and they can start playing with what we have now so as the community starts you know giving more feedback we'll start looking at more uh you know scenarios like that and it's quite possible that it would work as is right right so it, so it is worth kind of stressing then that this is pretty early days for prism on xamarin forms then right it's very early days. Uh, actually, I released my first breaking change today. Ah, uh, uh, now you're a real framework. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, when we first did navigation, we had an interface called iNavigation Aware. Uh, mm. iNavigation Service Aware, sorry. Uh, iNavigation Service Aware because we were having a hard time uh, because of the intricacies of, of Xamarin Forms navigation. Uh, we were having a hard time getting that to where we could just ask for it in the constructor. Uh, you know, and use a container to resolve it. Uh, but we finally overcame that limitation, and so we could remove that interface. But, you know, I, I did mention the iNavigation Aware interface, which is also very interesting. So you remember me mentioning uh, about navigation. Yeah, how do you pass these this state around from page to page, from view model to view model, you know? Well, in a Prism app, you most likely won't have a static application state class. Instead, your, your uh, view model will implement an interface called iNavigationAware. And that has two contracts on it. It has an onNavigatedTo and an onNavigatedFrom. Okay, so if I'm in view model A, I can say, hey, I'm going to navigate to view model B, but I'm going to pass all this information with it. I'm going to pass an ID. I'm going to pass a person object. I'm going to pass whatever I want as many things as I want as a parameter to the navigation call, to the navigate call. But then what happens is whenever the view model B, the target view model, is resolved, because it implements iNavigationAware, that onNavigatedTo is going to fire. 
And within that view model, you have access to the parameters you just passed from the previous page. So completely loosely coupled navigation with the ability to pass state in between views. So is that uh, you know just like a collection, uh, you know, a bag of key value pairs, or is it something that you can add some sort of type safety to? Well, and actually, it's really cool. So it's both a uh, key value pair, right, like a dictionary, but you can also pass an HTML query string, like so ID question mark equals all this stuff, right? So you can actually pass a query string from an HTML format and it will parse it into a key value pair for you automatically. So you can, you know, call into the app from a web page or have a web page hosted in your app as long as you have access to that URL. Whatever parameters you get from that URL is automatically parsed into the uh, navigation parameters for Prism and you can access them just using a key. It's pretty slick. Is Prism doing anything around um, kind of like view model state management? Not not application state um, necessarily, but say say your app gets recycled in the background and it needs to be resumed. Um, are, are there any helpers in there for being able to kind of reinflate the, the view model stack and that sort of thing? Not yet, but there will be. Uh, we had a solution for that for Windows RT. Uh, so we're going to kind of take the same concepts, of course, the life cycle is completely different, uh, but we're going to look at the concepts that we're taking uh, with WinRT, and we're going to try to bring them over to Xamarin Forms as well. But yes, we will have that. And are there any restrictions on the types of things that you can use as navigation parameters? There's no restrictions. Use whatever you want, as long as it's an object. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that leaves you pretty wide open there. So then you also mentioned, um, you know, supporting unity right now and and wanting to add support for um, other containers down the line um, does that mean that as a developer i wouldn't be able to plug in my own if i was willing to do you know implement some interface or something like that is it something that's kind of uh, a bit deeper in in the prism framework right now oh no uh once you have it you can extend it all you want just we won't officially have support for other containers until later on in the life cycle of the product uh, for, for example, WPF has support for uh, Unity and MEF out of the box. Mm -hmm. But since we've taken it over and it's become on, it's on GitHub, we've had uh, contributions from the community for Structure Map, Ninject, you know, uh, I think Simple IOC is another one that, or Simple Injector, I think that's what it is. Uh, so the community is actually uh, giving me pull requests for support for these other containers so we can just ship them as a nougat and they're officially covered they're all uh, have tests and everything so i expect the same thing to happen with xamarin forms and are you are you anticipating kind of pulling these all into the core prism framework as opposed to having say like satellite assemblies if you wanted to pull in um, other support oh no we're only going to bring in the core prism stuff that makes sense and everything because especially on mobile you don't want to just bring up bring in everything right, right? So we're going to have the core prism that you need to actually write a functional app, include all your navigation and things like that. And then we'll have other services like, you know, uh, maybe we want a, some type of geolocation service, like map service, or maybe we want text-to-speech services or, or something else just to save you time. And you can bring those in separately and only add what you need. Hey, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Raygun. 
Raygun is an essential tool for every developer, helping you detect and diagnose your errors in real time so your team can fix bugs faster. Just a few lines of code is all it takes to get started, and you'll be amazed how quickly you start receiving reports from all of your apps. Why wait for frustrated users to notify you when they hit a bug, and then spend your time digging through log files? Raygun notifies you immediately and with all the information you need. Raygun keeps everyone informed, so whether you have 1 or 100 developers, you'll get everything you need to become an awesome development team. Start your free trial today at raygun.io, and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. What other extensibility points are there? I mean, we've kind of bounced around a few times and we talked about, you know, the IOC one and view model locators. Like for if I'm a developer and I'm coming into the Prism framework for the first time, um, like what are what are the, the main extensibility points that I should know about? And and by extension of that, like what are the main kind of actors in the, the Prism framework to, to be aware of? Well, for right now, the Xamarin Forms framework is, is very simple. So you don't have to really worry about a lot. You can provide your own navigation framework if you want, your own navigation logic. Uh, the, the good thing about Prism is because we are using concepts like inversion of control, uh, if you had your own navigation class you wanted to use, you just register it with the container and basically override the registration of the default one. So if you say, oh, I got my own navigation service, I'll use that instead. Sure, container.register type, whenever I ask for iNavigation service, Give me my awesome, cool, much better than default navigation service, right? So everything that Prism does will be extensible. So, I mean, we had, we talked about um, navigation a little bit. Uh, we talked about basic MVVM stuff. Um, but kind of to John's point earlier, there there's definitely an overlap in really any MVVM framework and what ships in the box with Xamarin Forms. And, and one of the big things with, with the MVVM pattern is, is commanding then. So how does how does the Prism commanding system compare to Xamarin Forms, and and are you also sitting on top of the underlying Forms commands, or is it your own implementation? No, it's our own implementation, and so our committing is very similar, but extremely different as well. And we're sharing uh, that code with WPF as you know the WPF implementation. So we call ours a delegate command, uh, MVVM Lite. I think they call it relay command. Uh, and we have a generic delegate command of T, so you can pass in parameters of whatever you want. So that's the same. But what really separates Prism's commanding imp implementation is we have two concepts that no other framework has. We have the concept of a composite command and something else called iActiveAware. So a composite command is basically a, a parent command in which you can register many child commands with. So if you imagine a document app, right, and you have multiple tabs open, okay, each one of those tabs can be the same instance of a page, right, doesn't matter. But what happens is uh, each, you're gonna have a command on each of those view models for each tab you have open. You could have 10 mm -hmm. of them, doesn't matter. And then let's say you have that save all button at the top, right, and when you click that one button, you want to, invoke the command on every single instance of that tab that's open. That's where composite command comes in. So the composite command would be your save all, right? And then once you click the composite command, what it does is it checks all the can executes of all the available commands and says, am I good to go? Yes or no? I am? Great. Then it's going to go through and it's going to invoke the execute method on every single one of them. 
So you just implemented save all. Now, another concept is I active aware. So let's say we have that save button now. Same number of tabs, but we have a save button. And a save button is different than a save all. A save all, you actually want to save every instance you see. But with the save, you only want to show what's, what's currently mm -hmm. active, right? So if your view model implements I active aware and your and when you create your composite command, you say, hey, I want to uh, I want to monitor iActiveAware commands. Okay, so you can set your commands to be active. Once you invoke that composite command, it will only look for the active one and say, oh, okay, I'm only going to invoke you because you're active and I'm going to ignore the other nine. So it's a very powerful scenarios that our commanding can, can handle. Oh, that, that's definitely interesting and, and, and definitely a lot more um, fully baked than, than even a lot of other MVVM frameworks out there, you know, Xamarin forms or otherwise. So that, that's pretty interesting. Um, and, and then one of the other big components then, I mean, you know, we've gotten through commanding and, and data binding and navigation is uh, event aggregation. And I know that's, that's something that, that Prism has its own solution for. Um, so again, I, I guess I would have the, the same basic question as um, formula as before and like how does the the prism implementation work and is that sitting on top of the forms um messaging api or is it its own thing okay so there's actually two other things that prism does better okay and we'll get to the the next one which is don't don't let me forget about the dependency service you got it <laughs> okay so let's let's address the messaging center or service what is it called messaging center yeah you yeah i think so so that's another lame static method call in a view model. It really blows. Uh, not only that, you're passing around, you know, you have to pass this and pass these, these other things around with it. So Prism's event aggregation is a loosely coupled pub-sub event system. So you can have multiple publishers and multiple subscribers. And you can pass a payload of any type with the event. Okay, so... If I had a, a save event, okay, let's say save, because we were just talking about that. Let's say I have a save button and I click save. I can publish a save event of T. And that could be, let's say I'm gonna pass whatever was saved, a person. Now I can publish that when I invoke that command and any class or any object can register for that, uh, for that event and subscribe to it. And everything that's subscribed will will be able to respond to the event invocation. And the good thing about it is that you ask for it in your constructor, right? It's not a it's not a static method call. You ask in your constructor of your view model for or view, doesn't have to be a view model, but uh, most likely it is. You say, hey, this this class is gonna need an event aggregator. So I'm gonna ask for I event aggregator and you're gonna get one. You don't have to new it up, it just gives it to you. And then you can uh, you can publish or subscribe to as many events as you want in that class. And then on this subscription side, is there anything that you need to do? Um, anything special you have to do to hold a subscription and keep it from you know say being disposed or or unsubscribed without you wanting it? And I know from dealing with different um, different frameworks on different platforms, sometimes you have to to kind of fight the the garbage collector or or different things like that. How does that work on the Prism side? Okay, so with the event aggregator, I'm trying to remember, the event aggregator actually does a really good job at preventing that. I haven't personally run into that happening, but I vaguely remember there is a way, if you are having issues, there is a way to say, hey, 
Uh, I need to hang on to this. I don't remember what that is off the top of my head. I'd have to look at the docs. Cool. And is there anything built into the subscription or maybe even the view model that helps you do things like not update the UI when, say, your, your view model is not actually being displayed uh, in the UI, or is that up to you to manage? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Could you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, I mean, one of the kind of don'ts, uh, uh, something that Apple comes to mind, uh, they're pretty strict on, is you know you shouldn't be updating your UI if your UI is not visible, right? So I can imagine having all these subscriptions, uh, and and it would be nice to have something to help you manage uh, not doing that. Yeah, so that no, that would definitely be on the developer, uh, because all we do is we give the infrastructure to get the information you need. And then if you're setting a property in your view model and it has iNotify property changed, well, yeah, you're updating the UI, you know, that's up to you. Uh, I would also mention that the event aggregator also gives you the ability to filter events. So even though you're subscribed to it, you can filter it out. So it's like, oh, wait, I don't care about this specific one because it didn't come from this or, or whatever the logic is. And that also kind of begs the question of um, something that we, we glossed over a little bit, but I'd be curious to hear about, which is... Um, like just around the the basic life cycle of view models in in the prism framework like what does that look like we don't do anything special the only thing that happens is we will resolve the view model for you and set the date the binding context on the view and then we leave it up to the life cycle of xamarin forms to handle the rest okay and then is there anything special around uh, disposing the view model or cleaning things up like do you get any hooks there well, you get when you're using navigation, you get uh, on navigated from. So when you navigate away from something, like if I say go back, which is a pop, uh, internally it's a pop. But if I say go back, you get an on navigated from, which okay, I'm leaving this. I can do any cleanup I want. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and there will be, you know, we'll we'll look into what we can do with because one one pain in my butt is a uh, is the hardware buttons. Those really, I don't like those. Those hardware buttons are a real pain uh, because I can't, I can't always depend on getting when the hardware button was pushed and what mode am I in navigation. You know, if I'm modal, non-modal, uh, it, it's it's really difficult. So that's that's a weak spot right now is uh, responding to the hardware button. I'm trying to figure out, and also with navigation before we uh, before we get onto dependency service, which is really cool. Uh, there's also an iConfirm navigation interface, which basically you put logic in that method. It says can navigate is the contract. So if your view model implements iConfirm navigation, uh, it returns a Boolean that says, hey, am I even allowed to navigate? You know, So maybe I have validation logic in there. So when I hit a button that says next page, that will invoke and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can prompt your user or, or do what you need to do, but you say, I'm not allowed to navigate until this is done. And once that's completed, then it moves on. And is that the sort of thing that you can bind to in your UI if you want to kind of light up a button or something like that, the same way that you might do a, a can execute and can execute changed? Oh, yeah, you just hook it up to your command. Cool. Um, so, yeah, like, why don't we, we dig into the dependency service you've been talking about? All right. So, yeah, I actually just uh, published this today. And I'm actually personally pretty excited about it because... One of the things that annoyed me a lot was anytime I had platform-specific services, uh, I could use the dependency service. But once again, that is a static method call in a view model. I have to call dependency service.get of t. Drives me nuts. So what would if you're using a Prism app, 
what would you like to do as a developer? What would you, what would be your best case scenario? You're using inversion of control. What would you just like to happen? You just want to ask for I text to speech service and your constructor and just have it give it to you. And that's exactly what Prism does. That's awesome. You don't have to manually call dependencyservice.get of T at all. All you have to do is make sure that you did the proper things to create your platform specific service. You have your interface and just make sure you did what you're supposed to do to register it with the dependency service using the assembly attribute and then ask for it in your constructor and you'll just get it. You don't have to worry about calling the dependency service anymore. So you are now completely testable. Do you have the option to use like use it as a service locator or do property injection and that sort of thing if, if you really wanted to? So yes, there's also another, there's a wrapper service called iDependency service because static calls are not good. So if you, if you still want to call the dependency service in your view model constructor, ask for iDependency service. That way you're still testable and you can still call it dependency service.get of T and that basically just calls the Xamarin Forms dependency service. So you still get what you need, same parameters and everything. We just make it to where it's not a static call anymore. So you have two options of doing that. So given how many things you've implemented, you know, on top of forms and uh, apart from forms, um, just trying to get a sense of, of where the tie-in between forms and Prism is in regards to, you know, Xamarin Forms updates. Have you gone through a lot of Xamarin Forms updates and are you finding that, you know, changes to Xamarin Forms are breaking Prism easily? Is that going to be a pain point for developers? No, actually, I've only, I think when they went from up, when they went to three, there was a breaking change when they went to 1.3. Uh, but that's the only breaking change I've had so far. Everything else has worked perfect. And I just upgraded today and ran, uh, did all my testing for the newest 1.4.6959, or I don't know, whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, so nope, I haven't had any issues. Uh, but rest assured, I mean, we... Prism for Xamarin Forms is dependent on Xamarin Forms. So when they come out with a new version, I check it out. And if they have a breaking change, it may or may not affect Prism. I don't know. So kind of to that point too, do you have any plans or in the now or the foreseeable future of kind of decoupling your Prism implementation from Forms? I mean, as John was saying, you, you've definitely implemented a bunch of overlapping features, be it uh, data binding or commanding or dependency injection, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I guess it's really the the UI layer, um, UI controls, and that that part of data binding that you really get from forms. Um, can you imagine kind of decoupling from forms and doing your own UI layers as well? No, uh, that's not what Prism's about. Uh, you know, Prism's about providing guidance on helping developers more easily create apps for whatever platform it is. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel, just make the wheel easier, you know, make it smooth the wheel out so it rolls a little faster and rolls a little better. Uh, so yeah, we're not gonna be looking at doing our own UI stuff. Uh, we may have UI helpers, uh, but we're not gonna do our own thing with it. Like for example, in WPF, we have notification win uh, objects. So we can have a window pop up just from using behavior in XAML, you know, so we may do the same thing for alerts or something like that, where you use an attached property to get some kind of feature, but we're not going to be in reinventing any wheels. 
Have you done any testing as far as performance and footprint and overhead is concerned, um, like on its own, maybe compared to uh, an app that's not using Xamarin Forms at all and maybe against Xamarin Forms itself too? Uh, no, so I've only been in Xamarin Forms. I haven't looked at the native iOS or Android and no one really looks <laughs> at Windows Phone. Uh, but yeah, so I haven't done a comparison between a native just a Xamarin app per se versus a Xamarin Forms app. But, you know, as far as performance goes, anytime you add abstraction or anytime you add uh, a container, you're going to take a slight performance hit, but it's nothing that's going to, you know, be detrimental uh, to your application. I, I guess I'm more com uh, curious about the comparison to like some of the Xamarin Forms stuff since you've implemented so much of, of Prism, you know, besides Xamarin Forms, let's say. Any plans to do maybe some testing against that? Well, fucking uh, find a community member who can help me with that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, right now, I'm the only person, uh, you know, committing code to the code base. And I, I'm doing as much as I can, but I got a big backlog. Nice to have, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully someone listening to this will, will chime in and, and come help you out a little bit, too. Oh, I hope so. It's on GitHub, and uh, I haven't had any pull requests for Xamarin Forms yet, but I've had a couple pull requests for uh, about 12 pull requests for WPF, so I mean, a lot of people are using WPF, though. I mean, this is brand new. Prism for Xamarin Forms is brand new. Right. And, it, you know, it wouldn't be me hosting a show if I didn't kind of dig into the, the unit testing story a little bit. I mean, we've it's come up obviously as you know in, in the other parts of the conversation around things like injection and view models and all of that um, but if I'm a developer and I'm looking to to actually do unit testing around all these different components that go into my uh, prism for Xamarin forms app like what does that end up looking like all it looks like is you'll be testing your view models and if you need to mock up uh, something like a navigation service it's simple to nav to mock up because you're just you're relying on an interface. Uh, so it's it's going to be just like uh, a WPF developer would. They would just test their view model, mock what they need to mock, whatever the, the class is expecting, and, and then test what they need to test. It There will be no change, no difference. Okay, so basically everything in Prism is kind of just exposed as an interface that's easy to mock. There's no real, there's no test versions of things in the background or service layers you need to get kind of like sidestep around to, to really get in there. Exactly. That's a pretty big plus. <laughs> and we, it's a huge plus. <laughs> and usually we ask when we're talking about a library uh, with someone on our show, what is the file new project uh, experience like with Prism? Well, what it's going to be is as soon as I get my templates done, once again, big backlog, uh, it's going to be file new Prism Xamarin Forms app. And we're going to just stub out a very simple uh, app that has, you know, what you need to get it started. The only real thing you need to get started with a Prism app, and I have a blog post on my, on my blog, uh, brianlagunas.com, that walks you through it, is the key component, it was called a bootstrapper. You create a bootstrapper class, and then you call, you, you instantiate that in your app.cs, and that's it. You'll call, you'll say bootstrapper e equals new bootstrapper, uh, bootstrapper.run, and then pass in the app, and that's all you need, and you're, you're up and running. Gotcha. Uh, and actually, one thing that uh, just kind of randomly occurred to me that, that I hadn't thought of before is I, it's a little bit more up at the, the UI layer, but I was just curious if 
if Prism had kind of its own answer for it, and that's uh, value converters. Is there anything that that Prism supports there around doing nice value conversion stuff, or does, are you basically just left up to using the the forms implementations? Yeah, right now we haven't done anything with uh, that that side of things, the UI side of things. Right now, the uh, we've been concentrating on uh, the the bare minimum to get started to where you can actually start writing an app, navigating between the apps, between pages, passing state around, uh, and things like that, you know, communication, commanding. Uh, we haven't got to that yet. Uh, I didn't even know that was a need yet. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that it is. I, maybe I just made that up as a need. I, it, I brought it up just more as a, it clicked in my head of a, just an M, a typical MVVM feature that we hadn't kind of touched on yet. Right, and you know, when, when you talk MVVM, uh, MVVM is actually quite simple. It's just a design pattern, and so it's sometimes it's hard to have a conversation about it because in one person's mind, MVVM entails commanding and event aggregation and navigation and you know all this other stuff. Uh, whereas it, you know, technically MVVM is just a design pattern of separation of concerns. It doesn't really involve that. It's just that stuff you're going to have to have anyways in any app you ever build. You still have to solve those problems, uh, so that that could be tricky in, a, in an MVVM conversation in general. For sure. So it sounds like we're just getting started with Prism. What's coming in the future, uh, near and far? Well, so in the near future, uh, we're going to be looking at what's called region navigation. Uh, this is a feature that is going to come from WPF, and basically, so you're familiar with page navigation. You're navigating from one page to another page. Well, in WPF, we have region navigation. So if you can picture in your mind uh, Microsoft Outlook, okay? And at the top, you have an area for ribbon tabs. On the left-hand side, you have the Outlook group box where you can pick, you know, calendar, contacts, mail, right? So you have navigation on the left side. And then on the right, you have basically your big content area where the view switches, where I'll either see a list of emails or I'll see my calendar or a list of my contacts. So if you think about how that's set up, that's actually like three different sections of the screen. Two of them really change, the, the content area and then the ribbons change, right? So that's called, we, we refer to that to region or view composition in WPF. So. What that means is I can have one view and I can navigate on just that view by switching out objects in the view in like containers. So if I had an element in my visual tree, uh, I can say, hey, this is, this is gonna be a, uh, a region, meaning a placeholder for something. And then at runtime, I'm gonna click around and just start injecting views into that. It could be anything. I don't know what it is, but at runtime, mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. So that's, that's another scenario that we're going to be looking to bringing over. Uh, I have had a hard time asking, you know, answering the question, does it make sense for mobile? And the community is saying, yeah, I have scenarios where I need that, and I don't want to do page navigation. I just want to change out visual elements on the screen, but I don't want to navigate to another page to do it. Right, yeah, and I just speaking from some of the stuff I'm working on now, that, that sort of model can be a little bit hacky in in. Xamarin, both Xamarin Forms apps and just regular apps. I mean, that these are just like giant state machines that you have to start swapping things in and out of. So having a more formalized way of, of being able to do that and do that in a, a much more maintainable way would, would be a pretty welcome thing. Yeah, and 
nothing's going to change. That's the beauty of it. You're just going to ask for a different type of navigation service, like iRegion navigation service. And then you'll call navigate on it. You're going to pass the region name that you, that, cause you can have multiple regions in a view. Say, Hey, I want to navigate to this region using this, whatever this is, this key, this object, whatever. Uh, so I'll say view a, right. And then boom, it just injects it into view a, you don't have to do any heavy lifting. I like it. So what did we miss? Did we, uh, did we miss anything that you think our listeners should, should know about other than, you know, to obviously go hit up NuGet and check out Prism for Xamarin forms. I don't know, man. We, we covered a lot. I, I think we covered kind of the basics of, of what's there. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping the, the community says, hey, I have an idea. or Hey, this is a problem. How do we solve it kind of thing? That's, that's where Prism really shines is we need to identify the pain points developers have writing apps. And how do we make that easier? Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show to chat about this, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always like talking about it, and uh, I'm really excited about it. And I can't wait to wait to get the next version out. Looking forward to it. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.